Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. So we're going to be talking about vision, and today I want to talk about unlocking vision. Unlocking vision. Because vision is probably one of the most uh, paramount or fundamental uh, items in an individual life that you have to discover and you have to find. And the problem is, is vision always begins locked up in something. It always begins hidden. It it always begins uh, in a place of secrecy, if you will. And so that means that vision needs to be discovered. Now, I'll tell you this right now, vision is not decided. For your life, for your purpose, God-given vision is not decided. You don't decide what your vision's gonna be. You discover what it already is. It's in existence, it's just in a place locked away. It's in a place where you're gonna have to do some work, make some effort, show some intentional, uh, uh, deliberate steps to unveil and discover. And what did we say this year? This is the year of, this is the year of abundant clarity, abundant revelation, amen? And so this is a year we walk in abundant clarity regarding the vision for this church and for our lives and for our purpose and for our families. Vision ought to be clear. I um, just recently, two weeks ago, I guess it's been now, two weeks, I had LASIK surgery done on my eyes. I had to wear contacts and glasses and, and, and the whole bit. And so uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago or so, I went and had LASIK done. And it's important to have clear vision. So, you know, the Lord said this is the year of abundant clarity. So I went all in. I said, well, well fine, I'm, we'll get that taken care of. This is the year to get my eyes straightened out. And it's amazing that they can do something like that. They can literally carve away at your eyeball with a laser. Anybody getting grossed out right now? Go Google it. Go YouTube it. You have, you have, I haven't done it yet, and I did not do it before the procedure. There's no way I was doing that. It was already uncomfortable and awkward enough as it was. Uh, But it's amazing what they can do to what? Give you clear vision to be able to see clear. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm only two weeks in. Y'all aren't super clear right now. Apparently, it takes a few weeks for this thing to really work. And so, you know, but there's nothing I can do. I mean, it's just let it go, let it heal, let it do its thing. But anyhow, um, It's important to have clear vision. Um, It's important to have a life led by vision. I wanna read you some quotes. Go ahead and turn, if you will, to John chapter three. Vision is probably one of my favorite uh, subjects to study along the lines of, to teach along the lines of, and um, there are, are, are many great, authors, great teachers, um, both, you know, just in the, in, the, in the common world as well as in the church world that have uh, a lot of insight regarding vision, the needs of vision, its necessity in your lives. And I just want to read you some of these quotes. Miles Monroe said this, sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. 
He said that sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. He also said this, Miles Monroe, eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. My pastor, Pastor Earl, says this, you must lose your sight to gain your vision. You must lose your sight to gain your vision. I gave you this earlier. Um, I've taken credit to this because I don't know anybody else that has said it before me, so I'll claim it. Vision doesn't look around, it looks ahead. Vision doesn't look around at what it is, it looks ahead at what it can be, what it should be. And then Miles Monroe says this, it it pertains to vision, and we'll make a connection here today, but he makes this statement, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it's life without a purpose. The greatest tragedy in death is not, the greatest tragedy in life is not death. Sure, it's sorrowful and it's, we, we mourn and grieve the loss of someone, but, but it, you know, a lot of times it ought to be a moment of celebration. It ought to be a moment of rejoicing if they lived a life worthy of its purpose and worthy of its vision that it was assigned. When you live a life with purpose and you live a life with vision and you reach an intended goal or an intended mission or you complete an assignment, then that's celebratory. That's an honoring of life and a celebration of a life lived. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it is a life lived without purpose, without vision. And so we understand that vision uh, is a key element of our lives or ought to be a key element. And we're going to discover how we, can un- uh, we, how we can unlock vision in our lives. John chapter 3. John chapter 3 in verse 3. He's speaking, uh, Jesus is speaking with Nicodemus. Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see. Everyone say see. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter. Everyone say enter the kingdom of God. Notice that he interchanges the word see and the word enter. The first time he says, you cannot see the kingdom. That word see is actually the word perceive. So it's not see in a physical sense. There was another time where Jesus said, do not look here and do not look there for the kingdom. He said, for the kingdom of God is within you. It's not literal in the sense you can can physically go there geographically, find it on a map, say, hey Siri, take me to the kingdom but it is figurative in a sense that I must perceive it and I can grab a hold of this kingdom and I can see it and enter it. And this is the key is you cannot enter where you cannot see. You will not enter where you cannot see. Now, many of us have arrived at locations without intentional effort. 
without looking up by direction, without following specific steps and marking the progress. But, but you and I both know arriving somewhere by accident and arriving somewhere intentionally and purposefully is two completely different things. Anybody ever been driving and wandered off in your mind while driving? And you've arrived at a place, it's like, how did I get here? It was, I mean, this just happened to me the other day. I was uh, meaning to go to my son's school. He attends Valwood. And so I'm on country club at Inner Perimeter and I'm supposed to go left and I'm turning right to go to Starbucks. And I was not trying to go to Starbucks. My, maybe my body wanted to go to Starbucks. My body was like, you go in to get caffeine first before we drop him off at school. And I was like, no, we dropping him off. Then we're going to get caffeine. Just out of habit. And in the passenger seat, my son's like, where are you going? I was like, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I understand the predicament we're in. We are pulling a U-turn. And many of us spiritually may need to pull some U-turns because we have accidentally arrived somewhere because I wasn't intentionally engaged at seeking a location and arriving at a desired result, arriving at a desired result place. You might be there now, October 1, 2023. You might be there now. You might need to pull a U-turn and say, whoa, we've gotten off track from where, what I was intending to do and intending to be. And where I, but, but you only got that way because you drifted. You only got that way because we didn't keep intentional steps. It happens to all of us. The, the natural path is to drift and digress. We must remain intentional and deliberate to remain on the path, and it all begins with vision. I can promise you, if you are not where you desire to be, you lost vision somewhere along the line. That was one of the first steps. You lost the vision of paying that thing off. You lost the vision of reconciling that marriage. You lost the vision of, of, of instituting that in your home. You lost the vision of saving that money. You lost the vision. But I can tell you today, vision can be gained. You can get the vision back, amen. Look at your neighbor, say, you can get the vision back. You can get your vision back. You can perceive it. You can see it again. And when you can see it, you can enter it. He said, you cannot see the kingdom. Then he said, you cannot enter because you will not enter where you cannot see. It's gonna take some intentional steps. It's gonna take some intentional work. Let's look at some verses that we love to, to highlight when we talk about vision, Proverbs 29. And I'm gonna kind of set us up today uh, for where we wanna go, you know, the rest of this month. And we'll have some practical, we'll have some spiritual, we'll have some, some basics, but at the end of the day, it's all gotta be led by vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says this, where there is no revelation in the New King James, it says, the people cast off restraint, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And I would say this, that the, 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 the level of your tenacity, the, the level of your drive, the level of your pursuit, not only pertains to being able to see the vision, but also how well you can see the vision. That's why we said this year is a year of abundant clarity. We're not talking about barely seeing. 
When I went in that office and had my, you know, little pre-op thing with the, with the eye doctor and they're doing all the, you know, is it a one, which is better, one or two, two, two or three, three, A or B, four. I'm getting confused. What's going on here? Just trying to check my numbers and my alphabet. They didn't say, well, let's try to get you to, you know, 2040. That's good enough. No, they said our target is to get you to 2020, to get you to see as clearly as possible. And when I went back in the next morning, the you know, eight hours after the surgery, do the little chart thing. Yep, yes, sir, you got 2020 vision. Just like that. I mean, when I got off, now, you know, when you get off the bed, they drop you with like six different eye drops in your eyes before you even get up. So things are a little grainy and blurry. But at that moment, your eyes are corrected. At that moment. And the goal was to see clearly. To be able to see. That's why I wore corrective lenses in the first place. To see clearly. Because why? You can't function unless you can see clearly. We don't want to stumble through life. A lot of us are stumbling because we don't see the vision clearly. Faltering in our steps, a lot of guessing. You may have already done that this year. We set out with, with, with an, a vision, with a vision, with intentional effort, with a, a direct plan, and, and then somewhere along the lines, things got blurry. Things got out of focus. And guess what? We stumble. Well, am I in the plan of God? Am I not? Is this the will of God? Is this not? And then we start looking at the wrong indicators to, to tell us if we're in the will of God. Well, people are leaving. Oh, we must not be in the will of God. No, look at Jesus's life. Everybody left him and he was smack dab in the will of God. Couldn't be any more perfect in the will of God than he was. And he wasn't looking, maybe I missed it somewhere. I take a wrong turn. No, he knew the vision before me. Nothing else determines if I'm on track to accomplish the vision of God for my life. I don't know what things you've been looking at or what indicators you're looking for to, to, to determine, am I doing what God's called me to do? Am I where I'm supposed to be? But he wants, to, he wants you to know from the inside out, not from the outside in. He wants you to have a knowing and a confidence and assurance. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep driving on, keep pressing on, keep going forward. Don't get discouraged which is usually a byproduct of no vision, discouragement, pain, loss. What am I doing? Where am I going? Is this working? Am I achieving anything? So we need to have clarity of vision. It says where there is no revelation or vision, the people cast off restraint. What does that mean? That means that the vision actually provides restraint in your life. Provides a barrier, if you will. Provides a guardrail on your left and your right that says, stay within these bounds and you will accomplish the vision. Because you will not accomplish the vision wavering and wandering and wondering all over the place. And those without vision wander and wonder. And eventually you waver. And wavering, wavering causes stumbling. So we need to have restraint in your life. You can usually tell how directed someone's life is by vision, by the things they say no to. 
You're saying yes to everything, you might not have a vision for your life. What's the statement y'all make with future now? I love that statement. If you don't know where you're going, you'll take every road. Just say yes to all of it. They're going where they're seeing rather than seeing where they're going. I'm going to add that to my list. Chris Musgrove. Is that yours? Can I give you credit for it? I'm going to give you that one. I'll give you that one. But life's just happening. Which is what, what, what did uh, the Apostle Paul say in Ephesians 4? Tossed to and fro by every wind. There's no stability. There's no groundedness. There's no structure. Vision provides that stability. It provides those restraints. It provides those guardrails in your life that say, no, I, I can't be distracted by that right now. I, I've got a place to go. I've got something I'm trying to do. I, I can't buy that right now because I'm trying to save up for this. I can't, I can't look at that right now because I'm trying to, come on. It closes in the peripherals and it says, nope, we're gonna be directed. We're not gonna be blindsided. We're not gonna be distracted. Got to have the guardrails. So he says you, you, they, they, they have restraint in their lives. Where there is no vision, they cast off restraint and they do whatever they want. Let's look at this in a few other translations. The New Living. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Where they do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. The Voice translation says, where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. Wow, but those who adhere to God's instruction know genuine happiness. You think happiness is just fulfilling every uh, 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 satisfying or gratifying thing that comes along in your life, and it's not. It leaves you emptier than when it found you. Amen. So we have to find that a life of restraint is what actually provides happiness. A life of restraint is actually what helps us achieve the end result. A life of restraint with the guardrails and the boundaries, healthy boundaries that say, I am achieving something. I'm moving towards something. I'm fulfilling something. There's a call on my life. There's a gift inside of me and I'm gonna reach that desired end, but I'm gonna get there because I put the restrictions in place. In the Amplified, it says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. No redemptive revelation, I like that. And lastly, in the message, it says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. John Maxwell uh, said this, there's four times that people change. Some of y'all probably heard this. Four times that people change. Number one, when they hurt enough, they have to. When they hurt enough, they have to. When they learn enough, they know to. When they learn enough that they know to. When they receive enough, they're able to. When they receive enough, they're able to. But the last one, he says this, when they see enough, they're inspired to. 
And only one of those is proactive. The other three are reactive. What's that mean? Based on the external conditions. When the pain finally gets too deep or when I finally come into a wealth of knowledge or when I finally get the resource, just waiting until you get enough money, waiting until you have kids, waiting until the kids leave the house, waiting until the kids go to school, wait until the kids graduate school, wait till the kids graduate college, wait till just always in a waiting season. But one of these says, no, when I see it, I'm inspired by what I see to make a change in my life. When I see enough, I'm inspired to change. This is the thing in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. It says, many are the plans in the mind of a man. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's the Lord's purpose that remains. So what's that tell me? If I don't live a life with vision, I can become easily distracted because God's put many plans in your mind. That's by nature. That's by God's design. He created you as a creative being to see things and to, 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 but you will get motivated by the wrong things if we don't keep the vision in front of us. We do not automatically stay on vision. We do not automatically remain intentional with our effort. We do not automatically, just by default, just by nature, just remain adhering to the lane or or the assignment that God has called us to. It requires us getting the vision, keeping the vision, sustaining the vision, growing the vision, being, being consumed with the vision. That I can't be distracted. I can't be motivated. I can't be caught off guard. Habakkuk chapter two, Habakkuk chapter two and verse two says this, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. So I need to get it in front of me, make it plain. Some of us have got step one, but we didn't get step two. We got the vision, but we haven't made it plain. We got the vision, but it's all jumbled up. We got the vision, but it's in, in, in large format. It's not broken down in what, is, what are the steps we're gonna accomplish this vision? How are we gonna make this vision come to pass? What am I gonna do to pursue that vision? No, he says, write it down, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Vision always speaks to something ahead. Vision never comes in your life and reminds you of your past. Vision never comes in your life and just tells you, hey, this is how things are going. Vision always shows you something that is yet to be accomplished, yet to be fulfilled, yet to be assigned. And isn't it that, isn't it, isn't that just the way our God works? A God motivated and pleased by faith that he leads our life and makes a demand on our life to produce a vision that has not even yet taken place. That's pretty incredible. 
It says it's impossible to please God without faith. One of the greatest faith steps you'll ever take in your life is just merely living by vision. Getting a vision in front of you that's different than the way things look right now. Getting a vision in front of you that, that, is, that, that, that is not just describing the way things are or the way things, when you talk about stuff like it's always been this way, that's not vision. It's never gonna change, that's not vision. It's, they're always gonna be this way. That's not vision. That's sight. Sight will rob you of vision. Ask the Israelites in Numbers chapter 13. But we are just grasshoppers in their sight. That's not vision. That's sight. You're just telling me how it is. We should have gone back to, to Egypt. We should have stayed. You're just telling me how it was. I want to know how it can be. I want to know how it should be. I want to know how it ought to be. I want to know what you're going to do to make it different than what it is today. Now we're talking vision. Vision attracts. You ever notice that? I'll tell you what. Vision will, I, I say that, I, I'll kind of, Backpedal on that a little bit. Vision attracts those that are wanting to be led by vision and wanting someone bold to lead them into it. But vision also can intimidate people with no vision or weak vision, which is what happened in that story. Two men stepped up and said, nah, we can take it. This is our land. It's our promised land. It belongs to us. They have no right to be in that land. That was, this was promised to us thousands of years ago to, to our forefathers. This is our land. This is our promised land. We are well able to take it, Caleb said. Well able. That sounds like abundant clarity. That sounds like a confident assurance. And it's not a, we might take it. Let's just go in and see what happens. What do we got to lose? We're in a wilderness anyways. No, he said, we are well able to overcome, well able to see this vision come to pass. What's the vision, Caleb? What's the vision, Joshua? The vision is the land flowing with milk and honey. But you know, they had no, mm, wow, I just saw something. You know, they had no problem with the vision until it became sight. They believed that thing all the way up until they went into that land. And the moment it became sight, they struggled with it. <laughs> and you think seeing is believing. Well, if I see it, I'll believe it. Thomas, he said, no, blessed are those that believe, but do not see. And until you can see it, perceive it with your spiritual eyes, the, the, the vision eyes in your heart, you can watch a miracle all day long, won't believe it. The ears could pop open right in front of you. The foot could grow out. They, they, your whole family could turn to the Lord. But without vision, huh, they had no problem with the promise. I mean, they endured slavery with the promise. They crossed the Red Sea with the promise. They drank water out of a rock with the promise. But then they go in and they see the land flowing with milk and honey, go read the account in Numbers 33. I preach on it about 18 times a year. It's one of my favorite passages. It's a sad passage, but man, we can learn from that. 
They come back and it says, it indeed flows with milk and honey. And here are the grapes. They even brought back evidence, physical sight evidence. And died in the wilderness. <laughs> oh my God, we could stop right there. Week one, done. If that doesn't motivate you to get a vision, it doesn't motivate you to say, I'm not living by sight anymore. I'm not living by what I see. I'm not living by how it is. I'm not living by what it looks like. I'm living by what it needs to be, what it is yet to be, what it's gonna be, what it should be. That's how I'm living. Living with vision. We're unlocking vision. The New Living reads Habakkuk chapter two. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled if it seems slow. Look, he gave you a verse in his Bible. He gave you a verse that says when it seems slow because that's where we all end up. It should have happened by now. I should have seen it by now. Haven't I been doing this long enough? Haven't I been believing for this long enough? Haven't I been working for this long enough? He gave you a verse when it seems slow. When it seems slow, wait patiently for it will surely take place. Now, I wonder which of those two statements we have a problem with. Does God have a problem with it will surely take place or do we have the problem with wait patiently? Just smile and nod. I promise you, it's not on his end. Well, I guess I am the one time God has failed. I am the one time God has not gonna produce his word in my, no, are you waiting patiently when it seems slow? I don't know about you, but you know, Abraham, knew something about when it seems slow. 25 years, that's slow, especially in 2023 terms. He couldn't, he didn't have a microwave to measure that off of. He didn't have a gasoline powered vehicle to measure that off. He didn't have an airplane traveling, you know, thousands of miles in the matter of hours to measure. And, and to him, 25 years was like, Did he forget? What, what am I doing? Keep standing? The Bible tells, us, tells, Bible tells us that against hope, he remained in hope when it seemed slow. I think those Israelites thought it might have been slow. Over 400 years in captivity, generations died believing that there was still a promise yet, promised land yet ahead. So when it seems slow, he says it will surely come to pass. It will not be delayed. Well, you're thinking, this seems delayed. Seems slow. Delayed on his time. Meaning, he's gonna bring it to pass exactly at the time destined for it to come to pass. That's what that means. Not your time. Hallelujah. I want to give you four qualities of vision today. It's going to help you unlock vision. 
Because there, there's nothing worse than any individual, but especially a believer, an organization, a ministry, a church, operating without vision. There's nothing worse. Nothing worse. We cannot allow ourselves to be robbed of vision. And I think I'm going to spend at least one, walk, one week talking about how do you get your vision back? When you've lost vision, what do you do? Four qualities of vision. Number one, vision always solves a problem. This is where most people get hung up. Vision always solves a problem. You think vision would be the answer. It is the answer, but guess what? Before you can have an answer, you have to have a That problem may be in the form of a frustration. It may be in the form of a weakness. It may be in the form of a challenge. It may be in the form of unforgiveness. It may be in the form of bad habits. Whatever whatever the problem looks like, vision has a solution for it. Vision provides an answer. But most of us, many of us, get stuck with just the problem. So all we see is a problem. All we see is a frustration. All we see is an offense. All we see is a hurt or a pain or a reason to be bitter. And all we see are the problems rather than the solutions. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know this as well as I do, it takes no effort to find a problem. You don't need a degree for it. You don't need to make a certain amount of money. You don't need, uh, uh, you know, uh, some spectacular condition. Oh, you know, I never saw that it was doing that. Problems are easy to find. They're easy to identify. And it doesn't take anything special to highlight it. Go look online. For every one person providing a solution, there's 99 telling you the problem. Those that find problems far outweigh those that find solutions. <laughs> it's not even close. The media will tell you the problem. Is somebody gonna answer the problem? Somebody gonna find a solution? And God puts you in the earth to find solutions, to be a solution. But we get so hung up with the problem. I'm tired of hearing about, hey, well, you know, everyone does. Just all the time. They never. Well, somebody will. Somebody's got to step up and say, I, I'm the one. I'm not a part of the everyone. I'm not a part of the they always. No, you got to be a solution. Find a solution. I want you to write this down. Vision is a picture of what could be with a clear conviction of what should be. I'll say that again. Vision is a picture of what could be with a clear conviction of what should be. You're not gonna change anything in life until it becomes a conviction. Because here's what I know. Uh, to change something takes far more effort than it does just to coast along and ride along. Changing culture is way more difficult than becoming the culture. 
Y'all with me? Changing the problem is far more difficult. So what's that mean? That means I'm gonna have, a, I'm gonna have to have a clear conviction in my life because if I don't have a clear conviction, I'll easily get maneuvered. I'll easily become what everybody else is. I'll easily become a part of the problem rather than becoming the solution. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't, if you don't provide a solution, you have become a part of the problem. That might be hard to hear, but identifying problems has never healed a problem. It's those that identify solutions, find ways out. And so vision always solves a problem. God's never gonna give you a vision that isn't the answer for a problem that is in existence today. Whatever is on your heart, this is what I tell people. I, I say it here all the time. If you wanna know what you were destined for, what you were designed for, what you were gifted for, what are you called to do? Start with what makes you angry and upset. All these fatherless kids. Well, maybe the Lord's put something on your heart. Come on. Not just somebody to talk about the problem. Washington doesn't need any more people to find a problem. Our education system doesn't need any more people that can only find a problem. We need solution-driven people that bring real results. We need Daniels. We need Joshua's that don't say, uh, but uh, we are just grasshoppers in their eyes. Well, we're able to take it. We need Joseph's to get a prophetic revelation from the Lord, a prophetic vision, a real vision. I see seven years of, 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 of fat and healthy, and I see seven lean years. Here's an answer for the seven lean years. Amen? Daniel shows up as a captive and his three fiery furnace friends. But you know what? They had to have some conviction, didn't they? Because when it came down to it and it said, uh, you're gonna worship me or I'm gonna throw you in that fiery furnace. Well, I can't be an answer if I just become like everybody else. Do you think they had some conviction? You think they had some resolve on the inside? You think they said, I got a vision. And if I give in right here for my comfort and my convenience, because problems will make you uncomfortable. The problem doesn't go away the first time you provide a solution. How about this? Uh, uh, many times, uh, nobody cares about your solution. People like their problems. Huh? People like their problems. Don't, don't mess with somebody's problem. That, that's, that's my divorce rate. That's my rate of getting offended and bitter at people. That, that's my rate of, of expecting people to always fail me. Don't touch that. Nuh-uh. Because they don't want the capacity. They can't handle the capacity to believe that somebody actually has their best interest at heart. Now I'm meddling. I have just stepped over into meddling territory. I'm getting all up in your stuff now. Mm. Okay, number two, vision 
helps someone else. We're unlocking vision. It always provides a solution. Vision helps someone else. Vision is not just about you. And that's as far as a lot of people go, what's my vision? What am I going to do? How am I going to accomplish it? What am I going to look like? What's my influence? going? Well, how much money am I going to make? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? What am I going to get? What am I going to receive? A rich young ruler had this problem. He had a vision, but his vision was, how can I inherit eternal life? How can I get? And Jesus' answer for the one that was addicted to getting, give it all away. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Because what you're gonna learn from me, young man, is following my mission and following my ministry is gonna be about what you give away, not what you get in return. Because every one of these that have followed me, they left home, they left land, they left father, they left mother, they left comfort, they left convenience, they left job, they left stability to come and be with me and be about this ministry. And all I said was, come follow me. Y'all, be, I'll make you fishers of men. And they left everything behind and they came and followed me. What are you willing to leave behind? If your vision only includes you, it's not a vision from God. Vision causes you to serve somebody, serve people, make them more important than you. And in return, you get blessed. In return, you receive the kingdom. In return, you get the answers. In return, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things come running you down. But for, more, for, for most people, vision is obtaining the things. Attaining the things, attaining the stuff. In Luke chapter four, Jesus made this statement. Luke chapter four, verse 42. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. Now, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. That's that's a nice thing as a minister. I can relate that people want to hear you preach and teach. It's much better than when they don't want to hear you preach and teach. It's much better when they are trying to run you out of town. And it'd be easy for Jesus in that moment to say, you know what, I'll give you another week. You desire it, you're hungry. I mean, I I grew up in those days, a, a, a revival never just went a week. If it was a revival. You got to Friday and they ended up announcing, we're gonna do it all again next week. And you got four, six weeks into some of these things. Rodney Howard Brown was the worst, man. I, you knew it was, it was not ending on Friday. This, this is not ending. I, what kind of schedule do you have? It's like, clear the schedule. We're staying here. I mean, that's got to be great. I'll tell you right now, it's why we don't see revival today is because God's working off our schedule rather than us working off his. If you just submitted the agenda to him, I wonder what we could see. But when you sit down with Jesus and say, hey, um, can I carve you in for the week of the 29th? Now remember, we only go an hour. (laughs) I'm meddling again. All right, got to keep going. 
Verse 43, but he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom to the other towns as well. Watch this, for I was sent for this purpose. His purpose was greater than people. I said his purpose was greater than people, but I thought he came for God so loved the world. No, he came to achieve a purpose. And you need to understand that when you serve the purpose, you ultimately serve people. When you serve the purpose that God has for your life, when you'll get a clear vision for the purpose, then God will place people in that path that has those restraints, that has those boundaries that you will be a blessing to. But some of us get so moved and motivated by people, we're, we're, we're not serving them. You're not serving people if you're not serving the purpose of God. They're not following you, you're actually following them trying to appease them, trying to win them at every turn, trying to keep them, don't need to want, don't want to lose them. Not going to happen when you're following purpose. And Jesus said, I've got to keep with the purpose. I've got other towns to minister to. I appreciate that y'all want me here, but there's going to be a day you don't want me here. There's going to be a day you want to throw me off this cliff. There's going to be a day you're going to say, crucify him, crucify him. There's going to be a day you're going to say, release Barabbas, a known convicted over Jesus. I said, no, it's not motivated by people. I end up serving people best when I serve the purpose first. I'll say that again. You always end up serving people best when you serve the purpose first. You can write that one down. You always end up serving people best when you serve the purpose first. And so vision always helps someone. Number three. Number three, vision fulfills destiny. We're unlocking vision. Vision fulfills destiny. Vision is the reason you exist. Vision is the reason you're here. Everybody wants to know, why am I here? What am I doing? Right? It's, the, it's all the, 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 the who, what, when, where, why questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? What am I doing? When am I doing it? When can I do it? You don't have to wait to turn 18. You don't have to have an ID and a driver's license and, and, you know, to fulfill vision, discover vision. Why, how can we help our children discover vision before the world tells them something? Most of us are only doing what the world has told us we can do because we never discovered for ourselves what we can really do. Let vision inform your destiny. Let vision inform your purpose. We just got done uh, talking about this a little bit in our parenting and, 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 and family uh, 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 month in, in the month of September. Parents, you don't tell your kids what they're gonna be and what they can do. You, uh, you help them discover what God has already put in them 
Their destiny is God's, not yours. They do not exist to fulfill everything you fail to fulfill in your own life. <laughs> huh? Not one of us ever graduated from college. You're graduating from college, but they may not need to go to college. No, you point them to Jesus, the author and finisher, the one that designed them, the one that created them, the one that manufactured them, the one that put the vision in them before they even existed, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were in your mother's womb, I, I, I distinctly made you, incredibly made you, amazingly made you. And not only did I make you that way, I have a purpose and plan for your life that you alone can fulfill that no one else can do. Vision's the answer to fulfilling destiny, the reason you exist. If you keep purpose in view, purpose will keep you. If you'll keep purpose in view, if you'll live with the vision, It'll keep you. It'll keep you in line. It'll keep you from places you don't need to be. It'll keep you from entertaining things you don't need to entertain. It'll keep you on the path to fulfill that. So write this down. If you are without a vision, you are without a future. If you are without a vision, you are without a future. God said this, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. He's got plans for you. A good future, a bright future, a hopeful future. Not a let's just see what happens future. We get so beat down sometimes that we just resort to, you don't want to expect anything because you don't wanna be disappointed or discouraged. And if I, can't, if I don't expect, I can't be disappointed. But that's not the way God designed you to live. That's no future at all. You might be alive, but you're not living. Amen. This helping anybody? We're unlocking Vision, and, and, and when you understand these things, vision always solves the problem. Vision helps someone else. Vision fulfills my destiny, my plan, my purpose. Now you start, to you start to put things together. It's like, there it is. It's been in front of me all along. I mean, many of you through this series, maybe even this week, are gonna start to have some things come back up and you're gonna be like, that was, that's been there all along. Or you're not gonna discover something that you've never seen before. Some of you are gonna discover things that have been buried. You, some of you are gonna discover things that you are 10 feet. You're gonna have to knock the rust off and blow the dust off of some things in your life in the coming weeks because it's been there the whole time. It's not gonna be a whole brand new thing. It's not gonna be a different job, a different place, a different location, a different church, a different spouse. It's gonna be right in front of you and say, now I live with vision and watch all this work to my benefit and for the glory of the kingdom. That's what vision will do. Number four, last one. Vision calls out potential. It calls out potential. Without vision, we become a wasted resource. 
Have you ever noticed that every, every product, everything that is designed, it has a function to it that allows us to accomplish what it was created for? I'll give you an easy example. This Bible does not make a great podium. This podium doesn't make a great Bible. Now, the two work together, but only when they're in their proper place and working according to their design. It seems abstract and very simple and very elementary, I understand. But at the end of the day, you were all, we were all been designed with a, des- with a specific function to accomplish the purpose for which we were created. And what I've found is people waste potential with no vision. Meaning it's been in there all along, but you were either you either didn't know your, your vi- vision pulls out. Vision attracts resource. Many of us are waiting to find out what to do before we step out into why we're here. And I promise you it's the other way around. If you'll find out why you're here, all of a sudden you'll find out what to do. You'll find out what you're capable of. Some of you have been saying, I'm not this and I'm not that, but you don't even know if you're that because you've never lived with a life of vision before. And when you start getting vision, you'll all of a sudden find out I'm not as shy as I thought I was. I'm not as incapable as I thought I was. I'm not as incompetent as I thought I was. I'm not as poor as I thought I was. I'm not as broken as I thought I was. I'm not as as disrupted as I thought I was. Until you get vision, you don't even know who you are and you don't know what you have. Your gifts, your callings, your abilities, your talents. You don't even know because you haven't stepped out with a life of vision to allow that thing to draw something out of you that you didn't even know was in there. I've always been shy my whole life. Worship team, you can come. Always been shy, always been introverted. And you're like, you're on a platform (laughs) multiple times a week talking to people. Yes, part of it is the anointing, of course. But you know, part of it was just getting a vision for my life that made a demand on you're gonna be in front of people and you're gonna speak to people. I always knew I was called to ministry from a young age. Young age. But I wrestled. How? I can't get in front of people. I can't speak. I can't, re- I can't memorize things. I can't rehearse things. But then all of a sudden, when I got serious about the vision of God for my life, rehearsing, reciting, memorizing, speaking, Speech class was a class I did not look forward to. But all of a sudden, those things start getting pulled out. And now I'm looking to do, looking for opportunities to do things I resisted and rejected before. 
What changed? Same person, same capacities. Now, did I need to hone my skills? Absolutely. Can I get better? Of course. But I could have easily said, you got the wrong guy. Moses said, you got the wrong guy. You're at the wrong bush. I think you meant the bush down the street and around the corner. I can't even speak right. I can't even speak good for all my English people in the room. But, but the gift comes out when you get the vision. The ability comes out. And then I realized pastoring's not just preaching. Okay, I've gotten better at the communication side. I had, I actually just, this is a real story. Just yesterday I had someone from our, our church in St. Augustine, they're teaching a class that I had written for uh, uh, our Bible school, Kingdom Institute. And she, she asked me this question. I could show it to you. She said, how did you become such a good communicator? Have you always been that way? You're just so succinct and you're so direct and you can pack so much in just a short time. And, and, and I said, part of that's just always been there. I had to put myself in place. I said, the other half is chat GPT. That is a joke. That is not the truth. That is absolutely not the truth. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go type in ChatGPT and type in, write me a three-page essay on the Civil War and watch what it gives you. AI is incredible. No, I told her, I said, part of it was gifts just getting in place. But now as, as a pastor, I've not only had to learn how to preach, this is like, the least amount of anything that I do as a pastor. I had to learn how to lead. I had to learn how to work with people. I had to learn how to administrate. I had to learn how to handle a budget and finances. You know what? Some of these things I'm good at by nature, some things I'm not so, but until I get some vision, until I get in a place that makes a demand and draws on the potential, I'll never discover what I'm capable of. And neither will you, neither will your kids. Get out of the comfort zone. Get beyond the levels of convenience. Stop playing around in the kiddie pool and get in the deep end and watch what God will do with your life. Get some vision before you. Go ahead and stand up with me. Gifts are not discovered until vision is. That's the next one you can write down when you've listened to this again. Gifts are never discovered. And I just want to speak to every life and every heart in here that's been told you can't. You won't. You never will. And maybe nobody else has told you that. Maybe you have. You've told yourself, I can't do it. I'll never have. I never will. I've never been there. I don't have what it takes. But you know, the vision is before you. And if you get a hold of the vision, you'll get a hold of the gift. If you'll get a hold of the vision, you'll get a hold of the purpose. You get a hold of the purpose, you'll get a hold of the potential. You get a hold of the potential, you start fulfilling and producing what you were called to do, what you were designed to be. But it begins with vision. Stop trying to get the gift without the vision. 
You'll run yourself crazy trying to be something you were never meant to please people who don't care. Get a vision for your life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.